You're listening to the Goal Line Stand Podcast with Jackson Caudell and Kobe Reed, where we break down all things college football, including breaking news, recruiting, gameplay, and more. Let's get straight to it. Welcome back to another episode of the Goal Line Stand Podcast. Championship week, it's preview. Um, also got plenty of coaching carousel news. Uh, playoff rankings come out last night. Kobe, it, you know, Bama come in at number six last night. It's looking, looking a little bleak, but you won the Iron Bowl, so you got to be a little proud. And happy won the Iron Bowl. Bill O'Brien waited to the last game of the season to prove he had any bit of creativity. Uh, but, yeah, we, we knew it was slim pickings for Bama to make the playoffs, and I think – they got the rankings right. We'll briefly discuss that. Um, I think now I'm just the biggest USC fan at this point because I do not want Ohio State in there. I don't like them. Let's go with Trojans, baby. But, yeah, so I guess let's let's start off with some Georgia Tech stuff. Um, you know, I'll just briefly mention this a little bit. I was at the game Saturday. They, they played their tails off. They, they were obviously they were 35 and a half point underdogs. They were leading after the first quarter, and it was only 10-7 at halftime, and they outgained Georgia in the first half. Like, you asked most Tech fans if they'd have took that for that game. They would have. Um, and then it was just a, a crazy couple days. There was reports that, that Bill O'Brien was the top candidate after the game. There Then Sunday, a, a report from the AJC had said they'd struck a deal with Tulane head coach Willie Fritz. And then yesterday, Brent Key was promoted to head coach after the uh, – the, the Willie Fritz thing kind of fell through the door. Um, I'll say this. I I think he did a good job coming in. Uh, you know, he won two ranked games. He beat North Carolina and Pittsburgh. And also has a, like a, a low – an underrated win was beating Duke. I mean, Duke was 8-4 this year, and, and Tech beat them. Like, they, they beat three pretty good teams. They also had some really bad losses, like losing to this Virginia team was pretty inexcusable. Um, losing to this Miami team was not a great look because you win either one of those games and, and you're in a bowl game. So um, I'll say I'm a little concerned that this is just a, a money thing. Like I think if, if Brent Key really was their top choice, I don't know why they didn't make him – head coach either going into the Georgia game at right after the Georgia. I don't know why they kind of left this hanging in the wind for a little bit. Um, I don't like the team looked better, but like you looked advanced stats and analytics wise, they weren't all that much better. The offense still, they didn't Georgia tech didn't score more than 30 points against them. The only time they scored more than 30 points was against Western Carolina. Like the offense still really struggled. The offensive line has been really bad for the last four years. And that that you know, key being the offensive line coach um, has something obviously has something to do with that. And then you know him just being on the staff for the past four years as associate head coach. I don't know. Like I just I I think if he wasn't a tech alum, I think people wouldn't be quite as excited about it, especially the fan base. But he earned a shot. Um, whether whether they just went the cheap route or not, because I know on Pete Thamel's ESPN report, he said they interviewed ten to twelve candidates, and there was a problem with guaranteed money with a lot of them. So that that makes me a little weary, but if he can surround himself with a good staff, I'm kind of interested to see what he does. I think the defensive staff, to be honest, deserves to stay. Like the, a, after Collins left, the defense was pretty good. I mean, and they are going to lose their three best players on defense heading into the next year, and that's I guess something I'll just mention it along with this. I mean, they have had four players hit the portal already: Jeff Sims in the portal, Nate McCollum, their leading receiver, he's in the portal, and then kicker Jude Kelly and. Um, Ryan King, the other wide receiver, there in the portal. So it'll be interesting to see what what comes of that. But um, I don't know if you got any 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 big picture thoughts on this. If I had to give it a grade, I would give it a C plus. I think there are positives with Key. Uh, I think he's a pretty solid recruiter. He understands Georgia Tech. He 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 really loves the place. And and he you got to give him credit for the wins, even though they weren't. Um, I don't think Tech was just overly impressive as a team. But um, I don't know. What are you, what are your thoughts on this? Um, it's, it's just kind of crazy to me how you're throwing names around like Deion Sanders might be at Tech, even Bill O'Brien might be at Tech, uh, even Willie Fritz. Like, those names have been thrown around for the last couple weeks. 
just for them to hire Brent Key. I feel like a lot of that might have been premeditated. Because here's the thing. If it was, say, it's a money situation, say maybe George Tech couldn't afford to hire one of those guys, they would have known that well before this past weekend. Um, if it's just because they want some guy that understands the inner workings of Georgia Tech, the recruiting restrictions, the all that good stuff, you already knew that. And I'm majority of coaches that coach college football know that schools like Georgia Tech, Notre Dame, Stanford, they have those restrictions. Most of them already know that. Yeah. I just feel like they had to do their due diligence, interview a couple of coaches, but I feel like at the end of the day, they knew Brent Key was going to be their guy. Um, I'm not mad at it. I mean, he he did more in half a year than Collins did probably his whole tenure at Georgia Tech. That's the thing. Like Jeff Collins never won back-to-back games during his yeah. time at Tech. Brent Key did. Brent Key also beat two ranked teams. And yep. I think you could make – I mean, Duke's a top 40-ish team. I mean, they're 8-4. Yeah. They're, like, they're, they're a solid team. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see what he does with the offensive staff. Uh, I like yeah. Maybe he stay. Maybe he keeps coaching offensive line. Maybe they bring in somebody separate for that. I don't know. Um, it'll it'll be interesting. But um, I know they're supposed to introduce him in a press conference next week. But um, what kind of grade? What what would be your grade if 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 you had to hand out one? If anything, I'll bump him up to a B minus simply because this is something the fan base can get around, and it seems like they were around it. I know, like they were mixed emotions about the Willie Fritz news, yeah. all this other stuff. But this is something that the fan base can get around. They've watched him. They know what he is capable of. Now you put the entire program in his hands, recruiting in his hands. That's something I feel like the entire fan base and the culture of Georgia Tech can get behind. So I, I, I think that plays pretty heavy, especially in the NIL era that we're in. Just you got to have that culture around you. And I feel like he can bring a little bit of that back. And clearly, we've seen the players want to play hard for him. They can't, As soon as he got hired, they came out and were playing the best they've played in two, three years. So yeah. I, I would bump it up a little bit to a B-. minus. Um, of course, you would love to hear a bigger name, a more accomplished coach be named for that job. But I, I feel like it, I, th- I think we said it last week, anything could be better than Jeff Collins. So I'll give it a B-. minus. That's fair. Like I do think that's one thing you can't measure is the fan base and the player mm-hmm. support. So that that's definitely something he has on his side. But hey, anything can work out. Like there, there's been several hires I didn't think would work out, and yep. they do. There's been some hires I think will work out, and they don't. So coaching hires can be a, a crapshoot sometimes. But um, yeah. I guess let's talk about some of the other ones. Like uh, a really unexpected one dropped Sunday. You know, it, we it, every. Time you read something, it's like, well, Jim Leonard, he's just obviously going to be promoted. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Luke, Luke Fickle <laughs> is the head coach of Wisconsin now, and that was, you know. That's a great I, hire. That's a fantastic hire. I mean, I think it's been the best one of the the cycles so far. Um, yeah. I don't know how much in-depth you want to go on this. I think, it's like I said, it's, it's, it's a pretty fantastic hire. I was a little surprised that that was the job Fickle took. And uh, here's a point I want to make. Okay, because they made the playoffs last year, Anybody that maybe wanted to hire him was going to have to wait a while to do so. I think if they don't make the playoff last year, I think he is probably the head coach at Notre Dame. Really? I know that they had mentioned him a lot for the job, and I just felt like, okay, he's in the playoff. I don't know how long we really want to wait for this. Not that Marcus Freeman isn't deserving. I'm just saying I think if they went, that would that was a good option for them to, to fall yeah. back on. But I think Luke Fickle could have been a coach at, at many different places last year. I think USC was another one. I mean, their AD um, hired him at Cincinnati. You think, you think he could have been thrown around for that Florida job back then? Possibly. I know LSU yeah. had thrown him around too, but – that's just a just a, a point I had. Um, but I, I think the Big Ten with the money they have, like they're like the, the billion dollars that, that the Big Ten yep. is getting every year with the, the, the TV deal and everything, like a lot of these schools are gonna have more money to hire coaches now. Like I, I didn't think Wisconsin had that kind of money. I think Fickle's gonna mm-hmm. be making like eight million a year. Like it, it's yeah. a pretty high and he, and he deserves a damn good coach. Yeah, and I, yeah. I mean and it's not just the, the last year in the playoff year. I mean, like yeah. they had an incredible stretch, you know, they went to the Peach Bowl almost beat. What was it like twenty four and stretch or something like that? Yeah, um, and then this year you lose nine play at a school like Cincinnati. You lose nine players in the NFL, including a Sauce Gardner, who's going to be probably an All Pro as a rookie. You lose talent yeah. like that, 
and they're nine and three. And if they'd have beat Tulane last week, they'd have been in the AAC championship game. Yeah. Like it's they're not as good as they were last year, obviously, but they're still a really good team. And I think that just shows he um he knows how he, he knows, knows what how he's to doing. develop talent. And I, I'm really anxious to see how high he can take Wisconsin. Like I, I don't think they could have done a better job. Yeah. And also, I'm very, I'm very interested to see what he does recruiting wise. He's got a little bit more money under his belt. He's still up there in the north, up there in the same area. I'm pretty sure he can pull out some recruiting wins that we won't expect or like we wouldn't normally expect from Wisconsin. I, I'm very interested to see it. And I guess the only thing Wisconsin, I guess, needs to be worried about in the future is if the Ohio State job ever come open because he'll obviously probably be candidate number one there. I mean, he played there, he coached there. That was the that was the rumor is that like that was the only job he was going to leave for. If Ohio State ever come open, that was going to be him. great hire. Um, I'll let, let I'll let you go first on Auburn, like because oh goodness gracious, all respect to Lane Kiffin. We never know when this Joker is just trolling. We never know whenever he's just goofing around playing. That's one thing I love about Lane Kiffin. He just you never freaking know, but he was adamant from the jump. Like we've seen coaches do, we saw Lincoln Riley pull some dumb, dumb crap like this. I'm not going anywhere. Rumors, blah 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 blah. And then coaches just jump ship. I'm proud for Kiffin. I'm I'm proud of Kiffin for sticking it out. He got his extension at Ole Miss. Um, last thing I'll say about Kiffin though, I think this all but confirms he's going to be Saban's replacement. Because their contracts end around the same time. If anything, I think maybe Kiffin's ends two years before Saban's runs out. I I think this is what they're setting it up for, and I think Kiffin knows it. Um, and honestly, me being a Bama guy, I'm perfectly fine with it. That, we're uh, gonna have to have a whole podcast episode when that happens. When because mm-hmm. that's just gonna be just crazy. Eight, but, eight, um, nine, ten years down the line, who's ever listened to this show today? We're calling it right now. That's going to be the biggest episode we have. Um, I hope that the people that are here now will stick with us through that long. Um, but, yeah, getting to Auburn, Hugh Freeze, I, I've been saying from the jump, this Auburn job, it is the hardest job, not necessarily because where they're located, not necessarily because who they play every year. It's the hardest job because it isn't just the head coach in Auburn. It is the head coach and the boosters at Auburn. Whatever amount of success you have comes from those boosters. They're mm-hmm. gonna they pay so much money into that school, they feel like they should have a say so with the coach. Hugh Freeze needs to go in there and be like, Look, y'all need to give me space, y'all need to give me whatever I need to be able to make this program run. The finest example of that we've ever seen was Kirby Smart at Georgia. Kirby Smart walked into Athens and said, Hey, I've seen championships, I've seen all time great teams. I've had great mentors to get me to this point. Y'all got to give me this for us to be successful. Athens bet the bet the house on them, and look where it got them. Hugh Freeze is going to have to do something very, very similar, and I'm not sure if the boosters in Auburn is going to let him. But if we look back at his resume, I mean, clearly he was a great coach. Um, I think I made the point, though, his last year at Ole Miss, he had a Chad Kelly, DK Metcalf, A.J. Brown, Evan Ingram, and they finished 5-7. and seven. Um, However, I feel like – and you saw what he's done at Liberty. It's going to be very interesting to see what he does because here's the thing. His entire tenure at Auburn, he's going to be compared to Gus Malzahn the entire time. Because they're going to look back and think, because they're going to pretend the Harson years never happened. And here's my issue with that. You have Brian Harson, a guy that was very accomplished at Boise State. He had produced some of the best Boise State seasons we've seen in a long time. Right. Y'all don't like him, so you come up with a rumor that he's having an affair with an assistant, we should fire him, blah, 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 blah. Okay. But then you have the controversies of Hugh Freeze lingering around and why he couldn't have come back to the SEC sooner. If if you don't know, just look up Hugh Freeze and what happened with him. I don't understand how you can hire a guy like Hugh Freeze, but then fire try to fire Harson and come up with something like that. You know what I'm saying? It's just yeah. something about that doesn't click right with me. Um, but as far as just Hugh Freeze being the coach at Auburn, I think he'll be 
more uh, clearly he'll be more successful than Harson. But like I said, he's gonna have to live up to those Gus Malzahn comparisons. I'm not sure if he can do it because this is a different era with NIL and everything else. So it's gonna be very interesting to see what he does. Yeah. Um, I think that team may have that may have been Matt Luke, who had who coached that team to five and seven record when they had all them. Because I feel like Hugh Freeze got was fired after the Sugar Bowl when the, all the the escort service and the phone stuff happened. Um, but I, I can't confirm. I think that was Matt Luke that did that. Okay. Um, but either way, um, I guess some some other hires. Uh, Kenny Dillingham is now at Arizona State. Um, I that that's a good hire. I don't know. We have to spend a ton of time on it. Like, I, yeah. he's he's, a, he's an alum. Um, he's a, he had a very good season as an offensive coordinator at Oregon. Uh, he's known as a good recruiter, good play caller. So I, I I like that one. I don't know if you got any thoughts on Dillingham. Um, honestly, I just have more questions about Oregon. What is Dan Lanning going to do now? Um, cause I feel like he's really going to have to hire somebody to replace him as OC. Um. Yeah, I think there's just more questions about Oregon because I think that's a big hit for Oregon. I really do. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think great hire by Arizona State. Got somebody not too high of expectations, but you got somebody that can bring in a different system, a different mindset. And amidst everything going on at Arizona State, that's the kind of guy you need. So I think it's a great hire. Yeah, just 32 years old too. So he's, he's yeah. still getting um, Matt Rule, Nebraska. That It seemed like it was a – Kind of an obvious fit, I guess, for a while. I know uh, we had thrown him out when after Scott Frost got fired after losing to Georgia Southern. Um, my my advice to Nebraska fans, just with what Matt Rule does, is be patient. Like you, you're not yep. going to go winning top five recruiting classes. He's going to find his guys. He's going to want to develop them. But he, every stop he's been in college, it's been very good. And there's been plenty of college coaches that go to the NFL, don't succeed, come back and win. Like Nick Saban. Yep. Proof in the pudding. I mean, it's just um, – I don't think Nebraska could have made a better hire realistically. Um, so, I, I think I would give them an A for Matt Rule. You got any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's a great hire. It's just like you said, we can't put the expectations too high because – and that's the thing about Nebraska. It's such a rich tradition program. You're just, oh, who's going to bring us back to the holy grail of college football, blah, blah, blah. Got to give it time. It ain't going to, you can't just find a Ryan Day of sorts where you can just pick up right where you left off overnight. It's not going to happen. Like, there's yeah, no way. I don't, know, I don't know if you saw, they, he got uh, Scott Satterfield, the uh, OC at South Carolina. He's the new OC at Nebraska now. So I like that. Yeah, so um, so that's the coaching stuff right now. Obviously, there's more open jobs. Colorado's still open. That that can be a Deion Sanders. Real, real quick, one of the, I was about to say one of the biggest names that hasn't gotten a job yet. What do you think Deion Sanders does? You got Colorado, USF. Also, I've heard Cincinnati's in the mix. Yeah, that Whoa. would be pretty what interesting. What do you think about that? Um, I, I, I think they're all programs that could take a chance on Dion. I think Cincinnati being a little bit more established, I think it's a little bit more of a risk because they are headed to the Big 12. I'm not saying it can't work, but um, to me, like it, for Colorado or USF, it'd be a no-brainer. Like you, yeah. you jumpstart and – could you imagine Dion coaching in the state of Florida? Imagine the recruiting he can oh, do in yeah. the state of Florida. Well, I, that's the thing. I can't imagine Dion in Boulder, Colorado. Like I don't know. That's just, <laughs> that's just that doesn't seem like a. Uh, it doesn't like, seem right. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, but also, it, it's a it's a Power Five job, and Dion. I think he's taking the he's taking the correct route of his coaching career. He's yeah. starting small. He, he does well his in way Colorado. Up. Yeah, he'll be he'll be getting another job there. He'll be yeah. he'll be getting another job somewhere. So I'm. Pretty interesting. I'm really interested who Cincinnati hires like that because that's a good job. Uh, I mean, that's a even Maybe going in Willie into, Fritz. No, I see. I I think my thing there is like I think Fritz fit Georgia Tech in a lot of ways. Is even with his age, Tulane also has academic not as high academic standards as Tech, but they're they're an academic school, so he, he's familiar in the state of Georgia from his time at Georgia Southern. Yeah. Um, and they he runs like a a. a a lesser version of the triple. Like, they're, they're, they're a very run-heavy team. He doesn't get under center, have a fullback right behind him, like, you know, the old Nebraska-Oklahoma yeah. days in the 80s. But um, he, he he runs a variation of that. And I think some, it, it fit in some ways. But 
I don't think like Tulane's lucky that they have Fritz because in a lot of ways because he's 62, there's not going to be a ton of Power Five jobs yeah. coming banging down that door because of his age. So now he should get a job. I've I've said it since he was at Georgia. So I think Willie Fritz is a very good coach, but um, yeah, I don't know that Cincinnati will be this would be a school that goes after him. Like, um, I guess let's get into a quick recap of last week. Um. Man, I you know I would while I was in Athens watching some uh, clean old fashioned hate, um, the game was going on and it was close for a little bit and then big plays galore. Michigan just ripping off big runs. JJ McCarthy hit, hit some deep passes, and they they just rode it to another twenty point win over Ohio State and clinched a to me not only clinched a berth in the Big Ten title but clinched a spot in the playoff. Like Michigan to me is in regardless, and we'll get into the playoff rankings in just a second. But Jim Harbaugh owns that rivalry now, and I can't believe I'm saying that. Like think about it, just a few years ago is we're talking about this brother going back to the NFL. Like well, and Ohio State, Urban Meyer used to beat him down. Like like he didn't just beat Michigan; he used to destroy Michigan, and then it yeah. was just all oh, can Harbaugh win. Now, like, and I think some of it's stupid, but now Ohio State fans are upset at Ryan Day. Um, so, you know, Ohio State's not out of it yet. They, but it's definitely that it's not good that they've lost twice in a row to Michigan and in somewhat similar fashion. Like that, that it's just a very, um, very disappointing thing for Ohio State fans. C.J. Stroud's Heisman campaign took a big hit. Um, and here's the other thing: Blake Corum didn't even really play. Yeah, like he barely played. Donovan Edwards come yeah. back, and he was obviously fantastic in that game. Michigan's defense is excellent, by the way. Um, yes, I kind of let you take it from here. Michigan's in the playoff to me, no matter what. That much yeah. I think is certain. But um, do you think this is? I'll, I'll I'll lead it off this way. Do you think they can win the national championship? I think this Michigan team is the same team that Georgia is, just with less caliber of players. Don't get me wrong, Michigan has some dogs on that team, but I, it, it seems very Georgia-ish. You know what I'm saying? Just offensively, the defensive schematic seems just like Georgia. If those two end up meeting, it could either be one of the greatest games we've seen in a long time, or it can, it can be like watching paint draw. Um, yeah, this Michigan team, they're. I think we, we said it either last week or the week before, we haven't seen – that J.J. McCarthy passing game all year, and it just took one time, and this was it. I mean, granted, he did, I don't even think he completed, like, his completion percentage was all that great. Big play after big play after big play. We needed to see that from J.J. McCarthy because he's a talented kid. We've just been needing to see that. Also, Caden McNamara, uh, he also hit the portal. Yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting, especially coming right off of this win. Um, but, yeah, it, it was great to see. But also, he was knocking off big plays in the passing game like that, and Donovan Edwards is just having a field day in the midst of it. Like, that's that's crazy like, to me. The two X factors is going to be, one, Blake Corum's health. Like, mm-hmm. if I was him, I don't even know if I'd play him Saturday. Like I, I wouldn't. Your you're spot in the playoffs secure. I think you can beat Purdue without him. Yeah. His health, Let him heal up for a month. Yeah, his health and JJ McCarthy are the mm-hmm. two X factors for Michigan. You get a healthy Blake Corum and this kind of JJ McCarthy, they can beat Georgia. But I think the biggest takeaway is not just from the Michigan side because this Michigan team they're better than last year's Michigan team. That last year's Michigan team is good. Like they were a really good team. But as a offensive and de- defensive unit, I like this team a lot more. But I think the biggest question comes from Ohio State. What does Ryan Day do now? Um, I was listening to the Late Kick Live podcast with Josh Pate, and he brought up something I thought was very interesting. Ryan Day, he's had these great quarterbacks. He's had these great offenses. The biggest knock was his defense. He he doesn't have a, a Joey or Nick Bosa. He doesn't have a Chase Young. Clearly, he doesn't have a Jeff Okuda or a Denzel Ward or somebody on the back end that's just a game changer. He doesn't have one of those. So what does he do? He brings in Jim Knowles for this game to make sure that doesn't happen two years in a row against Michigan. And it did. So what does what does Ryan Day do now? 
I don't think there's anything he can do. I mean, like, you just brought in Jim Knowles. Like, you're not going to go make a switch. And, you know, I, one thing I've heard people when they talk about Jim Knowles' defense is it takes a year or two to really understand because it's a pretty complex scheme. Um, but think- it's, it's not even that. It's just he didn't make any adjustments throughout that game. They played the game as if they were trying to stop Blake Quorum. Even when Blake Quorum didn't play, they were still going to play like that. They didn't make any adjustments whatsoever, especially on the back end. That's that's not a good look. I mean, I, and I know the frustration is through the roof at, at Ohio wow. State, and you know, first world problems. You go eleven and one, and and we're having <laughs> so. I, I'll, I'll, I don't know if I want to get too in depth in this. I've seen some of the chatter and the talk. I, they are not firing Ryan Day. Firing Ryan Day. No, that won't happen. No. He's forty. He's like forty six and five. Like, come yeah. on. It's yes. You don't want to lose to your rival, and you don't want to lose like this again. But like, he's and also you don't want to have the accumulation of talent that he's had the last two years, and not even make it to the conference championship. That's also the thing, and you know, next year, you know, Stroud's going to leave, Smith and Jigba's going to leave. Um, I think you're going to have Marvin Harrison again. Julian Fleming might come back. Maybe on still going to be there. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing: like I know Michigan and Penn State have been building toward 2023. Like that, yeah. Because this Michigan, especially Penn young. State, yeah, Penn State, yeah. yeah. Like that, that's gonna be. It's. So I thought this was a great chance because I, you know, I was all over Ohio State in the preseason. Like I picked them to make the national championship game. I was this close to picking them to win the whole thing. Um, and it's just crazy that we might be having a playoff without Alabama or Ohio State. And to think or about Clemson. that. Is a big, yeah, it was see Clemson a little less so because I didn't pick Clemson at the beginning of the year, but yeah. I thought Alabama and Ohio State were locks. I just like just go ahead and put them in there. We'll see what happens the rest of the way. But um yeah, just obviously a very disappointing game. Um I guess let's talk about Clemson just real quick. <laughs> just I was I was keeping up with that game too while I was in Athens and just man. I I I, wanna, I I don't even start off with Clemson. Tip my hat to Shane Beamer. He has proven me wrong at every – The every Beamer point. train, baby. Yeah, Heck man. Yeah. Like it, Beamer ball has been redefined. Like, it, yes, it is – um, What he's done at South Carolina is incredible. I, I It's – this team has gotten so much better throughout this year. Spencer Rattler has looked really good these past couple of weeks after not looking good at all for a while. Yeah. Um, Shout out to them. Like I don't know why Clemson is still ranked in the top ten. They have not done one thing impressively just about all year. Like yep. they, there's nothing about that team that's impressive. Yes, they're ten and two, but it's like it's, you shrug your shoulders and you're like, I haven't been impressed with Clemson really all year. Because yep. um, some of their better wins at the time don't look as good now. Like Wake Forest is seven and five. Um, yep. I'll still give them props for the NC State win because that was when they that was the last time NC State may have been healthy. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, props to South Carolina for for being the giant killer once again. Oh, if you would have told me Spencer Rattler had two picks, one's a pick six, you throw a pick on the goal line, and they still win this game, I wouldn't have believed you. Like, it just didn't seem right. But also, if you would have told me DJ only had 99 yards and completed eight for 20-something of his passes, I feel like that would have been more believable. DJ's bad. He is a bad quarterback. I mean, I'll it's... say that I, I, I'll, I'll, I don't disagree to an extent. I think the system kills quarterbacks. Like, if I was DJ, I would definitely be hitting the portal at some point. Um, if I was Cade Klubnick, and, and unless Dabo made offensive staff changes, I would seriously consider it because that that system is just not. Good players thing. It's anybody. the same system you had with Deshaun Watson. It's the same system you had with Trevor Lawrence. It's all the same system, but here's the difference. You don't have a Mike Williams out there at wide receiver. You don't have a Justin Ross out there at wide receiver, a T. Higgins. You don't have any of those guys. So what do you do? Do you recruit better at the position? Do you change the scheme up? What do you do? But either way, you can't have your number two overall quarterback coming out of high school, a juggernaut of a man, like, he, he's a big guy. The potential is there. You don't have him play a game like that against a rival South Carolina, blow your home game-winning streak, blow your streak against South Carolina. You don't have that, especially after the last two abysmal seasons he, he's had. Something's got to change. But, I mean, dang, that's just not a good look. Like, because even Tennessee put up 
a lot of points on South Carolina. South Carolina just happened to put up a whole lot more, but still, if you're a DJ, you're supposed to play better than that. Like you just are. Like it, it wasn't like it was a, a top ten ranked dog fight. Like that was abysmal quarterback play. That's just not okay, man. You know who didn't have abysmal quarterback play Saturday? USC. They the score the the score yeah. might have looked a little closer at the end. USC rolled that game on the whole way. Like they they controlled it. There was never really a time that I thought um, Notre Dame was really gonna threaten to win. And you could tell USC's defensive game plan, they were just loading up to stop the run. And then they left, you know, Notre Dame's receivers in one-on-one. And they made a couple plays here and there. Michael Mayer had a pretty good game. Um, But USC now sits one win away from the playoff. And Caleb Williams, I think, with another great performance, I think – I don't know how he doesn't win the Heisman at this point. He's got to. He deserves it, rightfully so. Yeah, even if he doesn't win on Friday night, we'll get our our game picks here in a little bit. But um, I think – you know, for all for all, as much as I have criticized them, I think USC, I think, is rounding into form. Like this offense is clicking, yeah, and they're, they're clicking out. at the right time. Um, Jordan Addison, Mario Williams, all of them are like I know Travis dies out, but Austin Jones has stepped in and done a really good job. Um, and, and, yeah, he had 154 yards so silently. Like, well, it's like just, said, I said last week. You know, you have a great back like die go down. Yeah, having Stanford starting running back from last year just step in to um to the and role, not miss a beat. And yeah. not only that, getting twenty plus touches a game. I think an underrated part of this, and why, and I will, you know, discuss potential playoff matchups now. One reason I will give USC a slight chance if they have to play Georgia. USC's offensive line is very good. Like yeah. it's this is the best USC offensive line I, I think since the Pete Carroll days. Like it's very yeah. very good. Um, and also, now, to add on to that, USC might be the fastest team in the country. Did you like just see even if it's just seven eight yard gains? Everybody, I'm talking about from the running backs to the receivers and a lot of those the receivers DBs are young guys around. too. Like it, 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 straight speed, bro. Um, but you know Notre Dame finishes eight and four in Marcus Freeman's first year. USC now sits one yeah. win away from the college football playoff. Um, anything else from this past weekend? Uh, uh, LSU, shame on you, dude. Like uh, just getting the dog walk, just. <laughs> And I say shame on you because, like, now it makes the SEC title game just so just, um, It's pointless. There's no reason for it. It's pointless. Because LSU wins, they're not making the playoffs. Georgia's yeah. still going to make it. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, it's just – and I don't know if they'd have made it even if they had one, but it, it's just now and now there's just – but A and M just rolled them completely. Um, and I gotta gotta throw props at your boys, the Beavers, baby. Yes, sir. Let's Nine and three. Um, called it all year. Although I didn't, I did pick them to win. But there was a moment in that game where I was, uh, I don't know, because <laughs> you know Oregon just what a collapse, like yeah. just what a collapse, just in every way. Um, I don't have a lot. Uh, we'll we'll discuss the playoff rankings before we hit our break here. Um. Top four, you know, Georgia, Michigan, TCU, USC. I don't – to me, Georgia, Michigan, TCU should be in regardless. I can guarantee yeah. Georgia, Michigan are, but um, TCU should be as well. Um, USC wins, they're in. If they lose, Ohio State. Ohio State, yeah. That's it. Like, I don't really have much to say outside of that, do you? No. Um, Although, again, I don't know why NC State's ranked. I don't know. No. I don't know why Clemson's still in the top ten. No. Um, if I'm being completely honest with you, do you remember where Florida State was ranked? Like 13th. I'm putting them right there probably 10 or 11. Yeah. I I would, I would think they're a better team than Utah at 11. Who's at 11? Um, Especially – oh, yeah, we didn't even talk about that. Mike Norvell and the Seminoles own the state of Florida once again. I had high hopes. I didn't think Mike Norvell would have got nine wins this year, but good for them. They deserve that. Yep. Um, he should be up for ACC Coach of the Year, although I think Mike Elko at Duke might get it. Um, yeah. Just for how much he outperformed his expectations. But, yeah, so that we'll, we'll take a quick break, and then we will come back every championship game. Clemson, North Carolina, Georgia, LSU, and yes, Toledo and Ohio. We will get all those. Welcome back. 
Um, took a little quick break there, discussed the playoff rankings, discussed head coaching, um, the, the coaching carousel, which has been crazy. Um, did a little recap from last week, and now it's time for championship week picks. It's um, it's finally here. Um, you know, we're gonna have a little bit of a break after this weekend. You know, bowl games will be coming up, and of course, Army Navy will be next Saturday as well. So, um, yes, we'll you know just go in order and start. Um, North Texas, UTSA, Friday. Um, CUSA is on the line, baby. Um, give me UTSA. Um, I think they've had a better season. I think Frank Harris is a better quarterback. And I know Seth Luttrell has been on the hot seat for North Texas. So I think that uh, – I, I don't know if they're really one of the top two – one of the top teams in the CUSA. Um, I, I just – I think UTSA is a, is a much better team, and I, I, I like them Friday. Yeah, give me UTSA. I mean, they're sitting right there at ten and two. They had a very successful season. Um, they're ranked top fifteen in both, actually, in all points per game, total yards per game, and passing yards per game. I think that is huge for UTSA. Um, I think that when they play North Texas, I feel like it's going to be a route to say the least. I feel like they're going to air it out and they're going to put up a lot of points. Give me UTSA. Well, and think about how far UTSA has come since the beginning of the year. You know, you start off losing to Houston, and then you lose to Texas, and then so they 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 really bounced back. They're playing really well. Um, but there's a game Friday night that uh, we've talked, we we we've hinted at a little bit, and it's going to be the probably the game most anticipated game of the weekend, just from a playoff standpoint. USC rematches with Utah in the Pac-12 title game. Of course, this is the only game that you USC lost this year. Um by one point earlier in Salt Lake City. I just – I think USC's offense is just rolling better than anybody's in the country at, at this point. And I, I just – I don't think they're going to let – I mean, Dalton – I don't know if you saw the the last time. Dalton Kincaid, Utah's tight end, had like 16 catches. Like, it, it was just – it was crazy. I mean, he was just – he had an insane game. I don't think they're going to let that happen again. Cam Rising has not played well. Like he was terrible against Oregon a couple weeks ago. Um, obviously, you know, Colorado he bounced back against, but I don't really know if I count that. But I think USC's defense again will do just enough. I think they'll create some turnovers. I think Utah's gonna score. Like, don't get me wrong, like Utah will find a way to score. Um, but Caleb Williams is playing better than anybody in the country right now. USC is clicking on all cylinders offensively. And again, I just this Utah defense, it's it's pretty good, but it, it's nowhere near as good as we've seen in the past few years. So I, I think that that uh, gives USC a big favor. So I like USC to win. I like USC to go to the playoff. Yeah, give me USC in this game. It's it's always hard to beat the same team twice in a season. I mean, clearly we saw that last year with Georgia and Bama. Um, it's just always hard for rematches, but we saw it with Utah last year. They beat Oregon twice in very convincing fashions both times. Yeah. Um, I feel like this is definitely going probably going to be the closest game of the weekend. Um, but the way USC's playing right now, man, uh, we mentioned it before, the speed they're playing with, the efficiency, the offensive firepower they got, it's hard for me to see them losing this game right now. And plus, it's not in Utah. It's not on the road. I mean, you can make the case. You can make the case that if mm-hmm. it was at USC or neutral site, USC could win. Well, now they get the chance to prove it. Give me USC. And I'm also not this guy. Most of the time, that was a horribly officiated game. The last time there, there were so many calls that that went in Utah's favor. Again, um, not that Utah is not a good team. Like I think Kyle Whittingham is perpetually underrated as a coach. Like he just turns out nine, ten win seasons at Utah. Like people just take for granted how good Utah is because Kyle Whittingham has been there for so long. But just a heck of a coach, and, man, he could win his second straight Pac-12 title um, on, on Friday night. I, I think it's going to be a good game. I like USC, though. Um, I actually think this game will be the closest game of the weekend, uh, TCU versus Kansas State. And I do have to take I – will, I will use this right here to take a bit of a victory lap because I did have Kansas State in here at the beginning of the year. Unfortunately, I did have him play in Oklahoma, so I'm not completely right here. But um, I wanted to take a quick victory lap right quick. Um, I think this game is going to be really, really good. Um, I just – I think I like TCU to keep rolling. I really wanted to pick Kansas right here because go back to the game earlier this year, Adrian Martinez got hurt. Will Howard comes in, and he's their starter now. He gets hurt, and then the yeah. Kansas State's playing with just a bunch of quarterbacks. TCU, because Kansas State raced out that quickly. TCU had to come back. Um, 
Does it bother I, you how close the spread is on this game? No, just I, I think Kansas State's a really good team. Like yeah. I, I think I know they have people look at it and have three losses, but like look at the teams they lost to. Like people made fun of them at the time for losing to Tulane. Well, okay, who's laughing now? Tulane's a good team. Um yeah. you know, they lost to TCU and they are they 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 almost come back and beat Texas in that game. So yeah. uh I really have a lot of respect for Kansas State as a team. And, you know, you look power ratings-wise, them and TCU are not that much different. Um, I still think TCU should be in regardless of the result. I I am a little nervous, you know, if they do lose, you know, if they get compared to Ohio. It would would depend on the fashion they lose because they they go out there and get skull drug. I mean – yeah, that's the thing. Who knows? If that loss is worse than what Ohio State had with Michigan, I mean, you can make the case. And also, this TCU defense is playing good right now. Like that, that yeah, they're not an elite unit, but they they completely shut down Bijan Robinson in Texas. Um, you know, Baylor got a little bit on them, but um, and then they they dominated last week. And Iowa State is offensively inept, to put it nicely. But um, yeah. I like TCU to win this game and and ride it to the playoff undefeated. Yeah, the theme with TCU this entire season is. Good teams find a way to win games. So that's why I asked you uh, about the, your thoughts on the spread. Any TCU game this year, the spread means nothing to me um, because they've just found a way to win. Like we've seen them win big, like against Oklahoma, and we've seen them have to run out there and execute no huddle field goals to win games. You know what I'm saying? It, it doesn't matter. And then, we, like, games against Kansas. Um, their game against Texas. Like, we've seen them win in every fashion this season. Good teams find a way to win games. I think TCU wins this, and they roll right into the playoffs as they should. You know who has the number one strength of schedule? TCU. TCU? Yeah. yeah. Like, people I, – I see people like to, to, to get at them a little bit for, for you know, they don't haven't beaten a ton of ranked teams. But me and you have talked about the quality of teams in the Big 12 yeah. week to week. Yeah. To me, the only bad teams in the Big 12 is Iowa State and West Virginia. Yeah. Other than that, every week you're going against a pretty good opponent. And Because um, here's the thing. At the time they beat a lot of these teams, Kansas was at their peak. Like, you, you at the time of them playing these teams, they were ranked quality Oklahoma teams. Oklahoma was ranked. Yeah, I mean, you know, Texas was 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 really well thought of at the time too. So, yeah, um, I don't think TCU gets enough respect. I'll just put it at that. Um, I agree. Max should put it like, put it this way: if we uh, hate to interrupt you, but if we switched Texas and TCU's positions right now, can you just imagine the hype they would have for Texas going undefeated in the regular season? It'd be unreal. But TCU doesn't get that love. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, TCU should be in regardless of the result, but because they're TCU, I don't know. I just yeah. don't. I, I don't know. Um, but like I was saying, Maction. It's time for the Maction Championship. Baby. Toledo, Ohio. Um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and try to pretend like I know these teams super in-depth. Obviously, you know, covering Georgia Tech and then the more national landscape, I don't have a, a super insight here, but – I'm going to go with Jason Candle and Toledo. I trust that program more. It's one of the best programs in the MAC. It's a really good group of five program, and it has been. Um, I like them to win this game Saturday. That's all I got, really. Hey, give me the Bobcats, baby. Let's go, Ohio. <laughs> look, man, look. Hey, our predictions, by the way, I'm only down by one to Jackson. I feel like this is one of those games that can even it out or even maybe put me at the top by the end of the weekend. Um, yeah, give me Ohio. I think the way that they've played, they got a plus 13 turnover, uh, turnover differential. That doesn't come just with ease, like – they can create turnovers. They can clearly score. I mean, they're putting up top fifteen numbers in their passing game. Give me, give me Ohio. Yeah, that that one. I think it'll be a good game to watch. Um, man, one game, the Sun Belt Championship, Coastal and Troy. I hate Grayson McCall is hurt. I just that, that this yeah. game would be a ton of fun. Um, with him, I think without him, I think it it might be a beatdown. Like I don't know if you saw what James Madison did to Coastal last week without McCall, but it was not pretty. Um, I like Troy big here. I still Jamie Chadwell is a heck of a coach, and he he could get a, he could get things schemed up. But McCall is just such a good quarterback. I, I I like Troy to win win this game. 
Yeah, give me Troy. Shout out to Gunnar Watson, a quarterback from Middle Georgia, back from where I'm from. Uh, shout out to him. He's been playing great this season. But give me Troy. They're just they're a, such a sound team. They're just a solid team year in and year out. Um, and Coastal without Grayson McCall, I mean, that's a tough beat, man. Like that's that's like Tennessee losing Hinton Hooker type impact on the game. It's just. I hate to see it because I want to see these two teams at their best play each other, but because it is what it is, give me Troy. And I don't know if it's this year, but John Summerall needs to be a head coach somewhere. Like he's done such yeah. a good job at Troy. Like he 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 really has. Um, the SEC championship game. It's been the pinnacle of championship games for I don't know how long. You know, you had. <laughs> Georgia and Alabama last year, and was it one versus three, one versus four? What was it last year? Something like that. I was, I was at. That I think game. it was like a one versus four. Yeah, it was something like that. I was at that game last year. Um, and then you know we've had just great memories. You know, you can go back to Alabama versus Tebow, all those games, those yeah. hyped games. Man, I don't remember the last time I was like. I, I think we when we were talking before the show, it was the the Nick Saban. Alabama versus Jim McElwain, Florida, like six or seven years ago. I just Alabama versus Missouri a couple of years ago. Yeah, just something like, weird. It's just, I'm not hyped up for this game. I think Georgia rolls them. I just don't think LSU. Even if LSU had won last week, I, I just I I don't think this is a good matchup for LSU because I think Georgia can limit them in a lot of ways on what they want to do offensively. I mean, you saw A&M yeah. do it last week. Jaden Daniels did not have a good game. I mean, he was bad. Jaden Daniels yeah. last week. I think LSU secondary can be had. Like I, that's been my chief concern all year for them. And yeah. you know, A and M got them last week, and A and M they couldn't even put thirty points on UMass, and they were able to get it on LSU. So um, yeah, Georgia, Georgia, big. They're going to be the number one seed heading into the playoff, in my opinion. When's the last time? When's the last time we've seen a seventeen and seventeen and a half point spread on an SEC championship? <laughs> Well, it may have just been two years ago because was Bama not a big favorite over Kyle Trask and them? I don't think it was a 17-and-a-half-point spread. It had to be something like that because that Bama team was just unreal. Yeah, but also you got to think about Florida at the time. Florida had one of the best offenses in the country. Yeah. So, I, it, I, it was probably a big spread. It was maybe definitely like double an 11 or 12, something like that. But 17-and-a-half, that is – insanity like yeah. that's just not okay but yeah man it's just give me georgia big it's not even close um i think they have the right personnel and the right defense to contain Jaden daniels i mean Jaden daniels he would have to get it done with his legs i don't feel like they can do that with the defensive line and linebackers that georgia has um if lsu wanted a better chance to win maybe their pass rush but i think georgia's offensive line can handle them um yeah you would just have to rattle Stetson Bennett, but even then, we've seen Stetson Bennett not have great games, and Georgia still win by double digits this year. Um, yeah, it, this is the most lackluster SEC championship we've seen in a long time. Give me Georgia. The AAC championship game is going to be going on at the same time, and I have to say, I maybe have some more eyes on this one because I think it's going to be a closer game. Um, they played just a couple weeks ago. Tulane and UCF going to have a rematch. Winner is going to go to the, is going to be the Group Five representative almost certainly and head to the Cotton Bowl um, to to face somebody like I don't know who they'll face, but man, UCF they they got out to a big lead in this one last time and they just didn't give it up. I mean, Tulane made a little bit of a comeback, but uh, they they they. UCF. Did you see them play uh, South Florida last week? No, I know. I know it was a high scoring game, though. It was a goofy game. Like UCF was up big, and you know South Florida's like one in ten. Like, and then and they about screwed that game up and, and lost to to USF. They lost to like they they had not played well since they beat Tulane because you know they lost to Navy the game before um, they beat South Florida. So we we said it. With the USC Utah game, it it is tough when two evenly matched teams play. It's tough to beat the other one twice, and that's why I'm going with Willie Fritz and Tulane to to win this game. I've thought for most most of the second half of the season that Tulane was the best Group of Five team. They have a very, very good defense. Their running game is fantastic. They went into Cincinnati and beat Cincinnati, and they had the second longest home winning streak in college football. Um, that they, they, they're just a very good team, uh, and I I like Tulane to win this game and go to the Cotton Bowl. Uh, this one's tough. I've had to flip a coin about this one. Because, um, like I said, it's hard to beat the same team twice. Uh, I'm not sure that UCF could put up the same blueprint 
as they beat Tulane with the last time. Um, and also, what we've seen from UCF since, I mean, they lost the Navy. Um, I mean, and then last week, goofy game, high scoring, but you let a South Florida team keep it that close. I mean, give me Tulane here. Uh, it, it's tough because I want to pick the opposite just because I, I want to see if I can get a big win to help break our uh, – break our predictions down a little bit more um but yeah give me Tulane I think they are the better team overall despite the head-to-head they had earlier in the season um I think Tulane will be a great representative for those group of five teams if UCF wins though and they when they go to the Cotton Bowl they have to send Alabama there they have to send Alabama to play UCF just so we can have we can end that dis- men you talked about it a couple weeks ago so we can end that discussion you you know the 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 2017 yeah. national championship stuff like winner, that winner takes all <laughs> just, I don't care what bowl hey, rules also I mean you would have the coach that has the most wins over Nick Saban and Gus you know, Malzahn. That would be interesting, you know, man. Alabama may not have any players in that game, so that that'll be that'll be interesting. But um, yep. yeah, I guess let's transition it out wet back out west. Fresno and Boise are going to go for the Mountain West title. Um, I'll say one thing that's irritated me: Boise State should be ranked. Like I know they had a, a little bit yeah. of a rough start at the beginning of the year. They they have been a damn good football team the, these past few weeks. Um, I like them to win this game, and I like them to win it handily. Honestly, I think they're by far the class of the Mountain West. Um, they should be ranked over NC State. They should be ranked over Mississippi State, who I think is also ranked. Like they they should be ranked. Like Bo- Boise yeah. should be ranked. Um, that that's where I'll leave it. Yeah, give me give me Boise. I think this is one of those classic games of. I mean, don't get me wrong, Fresno is a really freaking good team. I mean, mm-hmm. it will it will be a competitive game. You have a aired out offense in Fresno that can just air it out, put up points versus a Boise State team that has a running game and a really really good defense. Um, it's going to be very interesting. Give me Boise though. Uh, every time I've ever picked against Boise, it's always come back to bite me. So I learned a couple of years ago I can't do that. Give me Boise. I feel like they win. I feel like it will be a lot closer game. I don't think anybody just wins very decidingly. Um, but, yeah, it should be a very good game between these two. Yeah. So, got two games left, both Power 5. Purdue and Michigan. Um, I think it's similar to Georgia LSU in the sense is Michigan has a playoff spot locked up in, in all likelihood. Um the Big Ten West just had they had to send somebody, so they're sending Purdue, who I th- I think is a pretty good team, but that th- you know the Big Ten West is not exactly a murderer's row. Yeah. I I don't have a ton for this. I I think Michigan is is just clicking there. You know, yeah. I think heading into last year's game, I think there was some you know against Iowa. You know, you just beat Ohio State for the first time in forever. You know, or is there an emotional letdown spot? Iowa's defense is elite. They went forty two to three. I think last year's Iowa team is better than Purdue's team this year. Although Purdue could score points, like Aiden O'Connell and those yep. guys, they, they could score. Um, it, I wouldn't be surprised if, if the first quarter, after the first quarter, it's a tight game, just because you know there is always a chance. You know, Michigan either just comes out because last year, remember heading into this game, they had one loss already, so it was like, okay, you still need to beat Iowa to get in. Yeah. They they could be a little lackadaisical coming out, and plus you know they won in Columbus for the first time since like two thousand. So that yeah. that's always big. But give me Michigan. I think they're right up on par with Georgia's the best team in the country. Um, you got you got any big thoughts on this game? No, I mean you you covered it all. Give me Michigan. I feel like this defense comes out and dominates. I don't see Purdue putting up a lot of points. I really don't. Um, I feel like Michigan. They're gonna. They're they're not gonna have their foot completely on the gas like they did against Ohio State. You're not gonna have you're not gonna need those big plays through the air to be able to beat this Purdue team. Uh, if I were them, I wouldn't even try to play Blake Quorum. Um, yeah, I would just run the ball, let your defense do its thing, and just get out of there uh, unscathed uh, with the injuries and all that good stuff. Um, yeah, I, I don't see this being a game. It's a 17 point um, differential again, so I, that's a little crazy to me, but. I meant to bring this up during our rankings talk. Does Michigan have a debate to be number one? They have the best one in college football. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I, th- I think they um, definitely have a chance. Like, I, you know, they beat Ohio State by 22 on the road. They also beat down Penn State, who's ranked number eight right now. 
Um, yeah. I know their non-conference schedule is is crap, but overall strength of schedule, them and Georgia are almost neck and neck. Like it, it's pretty similar. I, I mean, I'm taking Penn State and Ohio State over Tennessee and Oregon. Was that Georgia's yeah. two best wins? Yeah, I mean, it's not even close. Because I mean, uh, that's and see, that's been the thing we've talked about Michigan this entire year. And one thing, just one random point about Michigan, we haven't we haven't heard them just talking this year you know what i'm saying like we've heard ohio state we've heard the talk we've heard bama at points we've heard texas at points uh we we just heard different teams talking all year michigan just silently ran through their entire schedule and then when it came down to it to their biggest game i mean in a game where a lot of people didn't even think they were going to win they routed them i mean i think that's impressive in all respect to jim harbaugh um but yeah the thing with them versus Georgia's, they got better wins. I mean, if you would just want to look at the eye test, maybe Georgia. But. I think South Carolina winning does help Georgia a little bit because now South Carolina's up to 19, and Georgia did beat them by like 40-plus. So I, I do think that that when, when you're looking at complete resume and wins, like because it's pretty similar, their overall strength, strength schedule and, and things like that, and even their best win is pretty similar. But um, I do think Michigan has a debate in – and that's why, you know, I think maybe Michigan just comes out and tries to do as much as they can Saturday to try to see if they can jump Georgia. If if maybe they see Georgia has an unimpressive game against LSU, maybe Michigan comes out and tries to put a beat down on Purdue. Yeah. Worse than usual to try to see if they can get up to number one. Um, and that would be interesting. But I guess let's finish it up with the worst Power Five conference this year. Um, no other way I'd rather do it. Clemson and North Carolina, man, we thought – Man, just a few weeks ago. Uh, we thought this was going to have implications, man. We- yeah, like, <laughs> both teams had a – they. there's a little bit of a long shot, but both teams still had a playoff path. Now they're both coming off losses again. Um, North Carolina losing to NC State last week. Um, Clemson, we talked about losing to South Carolina. I don't know. I Again, Drake May is fantastic. Their offense is fantastic, but – I'm gonna pick Clemson. Like I trust Clemson just a little more, just because I at least think that Clint, Will Shipley and them can run the ball on North Carolina. I don't think even against Clemson's offense, North Carolina is not gonna stop Clemson. Give me Clemson. Like, I'm not looking forward to this game at all, really. Oh, I, I'll say this: I'll, I'll I'll probably watch this more than I will Purdue Michigan. Probably. Yeah. I mean, if you would have told me that. DJ wasn't going to be the best quarterback in the ACC championship game this year. I probably wouldn't have believed you, but Drake May, he's played phenomenal all year. I hope he can come out with a bang. I, I don't want his season to be tarnished by back-to-back losses to NC State and then to Clemson, but it, it's going to be hard. Shoot, God, they just fell off the cliff. Man, <laughs> dadgum in North Carolina, but yeah, North Carolina's defense. They can make somebody like DJ look like a Heisman. I mean, if we're being honest with you, um, it, it's hard to bet for a team that has a defense that bad. Give me Clemson. I hate this game doesn't have any more weight to it, but both of these teams kind of just fell off the deep end at the end of the season. Um, give me Clemson. Yep. Um, so that's championship weekend. Um, you know, it, it's a little little light light this week, but it's it's again, it's college football. There's gonna be entertaining games. Um, I think some of these lower tier games like UCF Tulane, I think it's gonna be fantastic. Um I think North Texas UTSA has a chance to be at least entertaining. Give, give me your biggest upset alert for the weekend. Um I mean it's gotta be either USC or TCU, right? I mean I some of these, like, because I wouldn't consider UCF winning against Tulane a, a huge upset. I, I don't even know what's the spread on that game, but um, uh, I think I think it's only like Tulane by three, maybe. Yeah, like I wouldn't consider that a massive upset, but I'll give you this: Who's more likely to win, Purdue or LSU? LSU. I mean, probably LSU. would agree. Like it, it, it's pick your poison, but LSU, we've seen them and Jaden Daniels just ball out, rush for 180 yards, and they win games they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen anything from Purdue that can tell me they can beat Michigan. Well, we're going to be coming to you. We, uh, 
we we'll have a pod up at some point after the playoff rankings are revealed um, Sunday. That's going to be again. I, I think we'll 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 know after Friday night whether yeah. what the playoffs going to be because I think you know USC wins they're in USC loses you can bet Ohio State's going to be in there. Um, and then you know I guess Saturday night if there's any upsets it could shuffle the seating a little bit and we'll, we'll see what happens there. But um, that's going to do it for us. Um, you know, go follow him on social media. Um, be sure to stay tuned to all Yellow Jackets. There's, you know, transfer portal opens Monday, of course, with Brent Key being hired. You're going to see possible coaching changes. I'll keep you up to date on all that. Um, but that'll do it for us. Enjoy championship weekend. Um, this is Jackson Caldell. That is Kobe Reed. We are out.